storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod, and I will be other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, we went on a fantastic journey this morning. We did. To a nice hike by the ocean mm-hmm. with our partners. I am very burnt, despite <laughs> using your sunscreen numerous <laughs> times, which you thankfully provided. So I'm sure it would have been much worse for me if I hadn't used it. So thank you again course, <laughs> to you and your partner for bringing it. <laughs> of course, but how are you and uh, what have you been playing? Uh, I'm doing well. Like you said, we just went on a wonderful hike, had some delicious food out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really nice. Um, other than that, I'm doing okay. Um, preparing for next week as we're recording on this Sunday. Um, so I'm doing doing pretty good. Uh, um, good. It's Father's Day, which is good also, I guess. Um, yeah. And as far as what I've been playing, um, I've played a little bit of Ratchet and Clank this week. Still working on my second mm-hmm. playthrough. Um, got a couple Omega weapons, which is really exciting. Um, Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's very cool. Um, I don't know if that is. So that's exciting. And uh, played a little bit of Destiny. Played a little bit of Outriders with our good friend Dave yesterday. And then today, before we recorded, I tested out uh, Bear and Bee. Um, the the demo oh, yeah. and it was it was pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It certainly isn't quite finished yet, but it's still like a really fun little little game. But yeah, so that that's what I've been playing. Is it is it very much like a management like you design everything to make sure it runs efficiently kind of thing? Uh, it's it's certainly more laid back than that. So like you collect resources and then you craft like furniture and then you get to design the building. Like you get to say here's where the house goes, here's where the bedroom goes, here's where the kitchen goes, here's where the bathroom goes. And then guests will come, and they'll have, like, needs, and they'll leave you a review. And you want guests to give you a good review, so you'll get more guests, and then you can, like, build more rooms, and eventually build this, like, massive B&B. Um, and the art is really charming. The writing is really charming. Um, it, the gameplay is, I think, where they're still, like, um, working on. A lot of the, the things you pick up don't have names yet, so it's just, like, the, like, it's called, like, <laughs> TV.debris.com you know, 33 or something like that, so they just have a couple of bits uh, and bobs. Yeah. But it's still really fun, um, and I'm excited for the Switch version. I think that's going to be the perfect place for it once they get that, that mm-hmm. figured out. I'm excited for the Switch version, too. I think it, that sounds like just right in my alley for <laughs> on the Switch, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But how are you? What have you been playing? I'm good, yeah. Tired. Um, after this, I'm going to be going on a quick run, mm-hmm. so I'll be exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very hot out today, so but no, uh, doing well, and I really enjoyed our time today. Um, it was a lot of fun. The ocean is so good. Uh, to any storygoers out there that have never been or wish to go to, just drop everything. Take this podcast with you, of course. Um, so just only you in the podcast and go to the ocean, wherever you are. <laughs> Middle of the U.S., go to the ocean. <laughs> Figure out which coast is closer and just get there. Just get there. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. You got to fly? Maybe don't do that. It's, a little, it's very expensive. But yeah. Anyway. Sorry. I need to wake up. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm good, and for what I've been playing, I'm still playing Ratchet and Clank. I played a big chunk yesterday, um, having a really good time. I love Rivet. Rivet is such Very a good. cool character. Might be my new, like, might be my favorite character in Ratchet and Clank. Oh, honestly. for sure, I think so too. They yeah. did such a good job with Rivet. Yeah, yeah, she is so cool. I love her robot arm. I love that she. I don't know anything about her backstory, but you know, there's something there, and I can't wait to learn more about it. Um, and Clank's really cool too. I like I like the gameplay that they incorporated for Clank that I've seen so far. It's very interesting and very puzzly, and I, I like it, and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Um, so that's that's going really well. And, of course, playing uh, Guilty Gear Strive, still garbage, and I cannot decide on a main to save my life. <laughs> if any storygoers have any input they'd love to give me, I'm stuck between picking Nagoro Yuki, Chip, Axel, or uh, Angie. 
So those are the four I'm stuck on. Anyone has to give me some feedback, I would happily appreciate it. I cannot choose. The only person who I'm getting decently good at is Nagori Yuki, who, Ryan, I don't know if you know this, Nagori Yuki just cannot dash. Very slow. Cool samurai, vampire samurai. Very cool. African African vampire samurai, very cool character. Mm-hmm. Has dreadlocks, pushback, has a cool mask that comes over. If you use too many specials, he becomes like, vamp- like his vampire qualities come out. And you lose health until you kind of use up your blood gauge to go back to normal. It's very interesting. Super cool character. Um, but typically not my style. But unfortunately, I'm doing very well with him online. So <laughs> <sighs> Not very well, but I'm doing decently well, is what yeah. I should say. So, yeah. Any input from storygoers would be fantastic. And speaking of input from storygoers, you can send us your thoughts, feelings, and or perspectives to talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. DM us, comment on our stuff, let us know what you think about the stories that we have covered or will be covering or any stories you just want to talk to us about that maybe will inspire us to cover a story and we will happily read those on the show. You'll also earn a super cool Tales from the Cartridge sticker. Actually, reminds me, segue again, Ryan, I may or may not Mm -hmm. have seen a Tales... I did see a Tales from the Cartridge sticker at my local Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I may or may not have been involved in the sticking of that sticker on my local Starbucks. Right. But what I do know is that my local Starbucks removed all the stickers uh, out of their off their poles at their Starbucks location, and I am devastated. Oh no! Absolutely devastated. Oh no! It's strike three. It's been strike three. <laughs> I can't name all the strikes. What I will say is that my Starbucks. This is such a first world problem. I'm so sorry. I'm going out there that I can't right now. Uh, is not as good as the other Starbucks in the area. Granted, mm-hmm. my Starbucks is like two seconds away from me, which is great mm-hmm. for someone who likes Starbucks. Just never as good as the other Starbucks. That that oat milk shaken espresso, brown sugar shaken espresso drink is just never as good for my Starbucks. So and this is the last straw. This is the last straw. I put my foot down. <laughs> you take you take the Tales of the Cartridge sticker off your privately owned <laughs> land company for, <laughs> for your store, and I'm done with you. So... Just be aware that any storygoers with their stickers that I may put on your houses, you better leave them there. All time. <laughs> or out. <laughs> yeah, it's a strike. One strike if you're not a Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it is one strike, but I was I was willing to live with that strike. But this is just two too too many strikes. Yeah. It honestly, feels like a third strike. I don't think they even had a third strike against them, but might as well. At yeah. This point. Yeah. I make the rules. You're out, Starbucks. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to sponsor us, that would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take some, some sponsors. I'll take some Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Uh, so today, oh, actually, so first off, we hope you enjoyed our most recent episode as our E3 reactions. Uh, it, did, it did really well. Yeah. I was a little nervous about it. First off, because I uploaded it and realized that I thought I had got it all all paired up and, and good. We were just doing a one take, right? We had edit one little small part in it. Um, but I realized after I put it up that it was all off sync. And I was like, oh, my God. So I took it all off. And yeah. I, I went to bed, came back, you know, came back alive from my sleep, whatever that means, and uh, fixed it again. So, But it, just, it has done really well, which yeah. is good. It's yeah. fantastic to hear. That's awesome. Um, we have some major love from Canada right now, mm-hmm. like major love. There is someone that's just going crazy in Canada and South Carolina. Someone in South Carolina uh, is also going wild for our show. So thank you to everyone, Canadian and American, and of course around the world. We're getting a lot of love. We have some downloads in Japan and Taiwan and uh, Norway and Chile and, Ta- and I said Taiwan already, but there's other ones too. I just can't nail off the top of my head. So thank you all so much for listening to us. It's crazy to think that you are hearing our voices. Hopefully 
you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're not, then I'm really surprised too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, that, I guess. Uh, but today, we are covering the classic Metroid. Yeah. Just or, Metroid. Yeah. Just Metroid. Our oldest, certainly our oldest game we've covered today. Is that right? It must be, I guess, I right? think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, Ryan, you want to give us some background information on Metroid? Sure, I would love to. So, um, Metroid came out in Japan um, in August 6th of 1986 on the Famicom Disk System. This is not a system that came to the U.S. It was a system made in Japan and hung out in Japan only. It had finally made its way to the U.S. the following year, August 15th of 1987 for the NES. Um, it was developed by Nintendo R&D 1. It was their, one of their R&D teams that was making games at Nintendo at the time. Um, and it was published by Nintendo. Um, I'm going to do my best to say these names, but they're Japanese names and um, I do not speak Japanese or um, know the phonemes well, but I'll try my best. You got this. Uh, Sotoru Okada is the director and it was written by Makoto Kano. But yeah, that's 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 some background information. Thank you. That's some background information on <laughs> um, on Metroid, a very old game um, from from a long, long time ago. But Eric, I think you grab some some cool, interesting facts for us to go along with it. Yes, I mean, I would like to say it's not that far off from our birthday. <laughs> so you shouldn't say it's, it's a very not, old game. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, that's a little sad. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so some interesting background stuff and some fun facts. Uh, Two video games inspired Metroid's development and gameplay, and those two games were Mario and The Legend of Zelda. Mario, more for the uh, extensive areas of platform jumping that we see often in Metroid, um, and Zelda for borrowing the non-linear exploration throughout the game of Metroid, because you're going everywhere. You can go everywhere back and forth to different places throughout the maps. Um, the enemies in the, in the game for Metroid were not designed by this person, but heavily inspired by the surrealist creature artist H.R. Geiger, which mm. I feel like we've talked about Geiger before on this show. We may have. I know he was a big inspiration, I think, for the Alien movies, or I believe, um, oh. I thought. He's a pretty prolific, um, spooky artist um, of creatures. Um, I, I'm sure if we looked up his all, all the things he's inspired or created, he's made some very weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I almost sorry. I sort of talked about him before. We may have. But- all right, and what are some of your memories for Metroid? Um, so for the original Metroid, none at all. I, I had an um, mm-hmm. NES. Oh, no, actually, yeah, I, I, I didn't personally have an NES. I had, there was one at my grandfather's cabin at the lake um, in, the, in the guest oh. house, and that was the only, um, that was like some of the first video game experiences I had, but all they had was, uh, and not all, but they had like the, it was the old um, Mario cartridge that came with uh, Mario and Duck Hunt. Maybe that was even the SNES at that point. But yeah, I have no experience with the original Metroid. I have played the games that came out for DS or Game Boy um, years later, but but no experience with the original Metroid other than like being aware of it years later. What about you? Yeah, I again, I also have no experience with the first Metroid. Um, I did have NES growing up. Uh, I think all I had was like Mario, and I, I don't remember anything else. I just remember playing Mario. Um, until the SNES came out, and I had more games for that. But even then, I didn't play Metroid. The only the only memories I have of Metroid itself is Metroid Three for my cousin Erica. Shout out to Erica! I think I mentioned this last time. Playing it and beating it numerous times, and I just didn't get it. But I loved watching it, as well as um, playing some of the the Prime series. But I wasn't super into it. I've never actually beat one of them before. So not a whole lot. But I love. I think I think Samus is such a cool character, and we won't can we 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 cannot get into it quite yet because we're gonna go through the story first. 
But I think the story of Metroid is very cool. And I love that. Our, actually, shout out to Ryan right here uh, for having the idea to do Metroid and for allowing me to write the script because I was trying to figure out a script that would work for my time frame. Um, but a lot of this, our inspiration to do Metroid is kind of from the recent reveal of Metroid Dread for the Switch, which looks so cool and continues this story. Actually, it continued. The Prime series is very much on its own thing. It actually takes place between, supposedly between Metroid 1 and Metroid 2, I mm. believe is what I read. Um, so this story, Metroid, starts off those two, this, these two series, you know, that leads to Metroid Dread, which is the fifth in the Metroid series, as well as Metroid Prime through soon Metroid Prime 4, which I still have seen nothing of yet, but we just know it's, it's been confirmed and worked on right now. So, um, but yeah, so that's all I got from that. But in the meantime, Ryan, is there anything else you want to say before we jump into the story? No, I'm excited to, to see where this world starts out and where it goes. I will say, Storygoers, this game, being from where it came from on the NES, there's very little story. A lot of it was in the booklet for the game uh, that I looked at five seconds before we started recording this, <laughs> I realized. <laughs> but I did get some context online that I added into the story to make it more exciting. But basically any kind of extra knowledge that is in this story that we read is kind of taken from other places like the Japanese manga for the game uh, or any context from other games we kind of threw in here just to make sense of the story so just keep that in mind we'll talk more about what was in and not in the original game at the end as we get to the end of the story so all right so Ryan you ready to go I'm ready let's do it all right let's do this it was the year of 20x5 and the Galactic Federation were on its last leg Having been in charge of keeping the peace in the universe, the Federation knew they needed to make a desperate decision. The space pirates had become extremely dangerous and were close to succeeding in their mission. The Galactic Federation space research vessel that the space pirates invaded and stole from made the situation from bad to potentially catastrophic. The life forms found on planet SR388 on board the research vessel were the only things that had been stolen and the Federation knew exactly why. The specimens, known as the Metroids, were capable of attaching themselves to any organism and draining its life force to the point of death. The Galactic Federation hypothesized that the space pirates planned to use beta rays to replicate the Metroids as a means to use them as biological weapons and destroy those who opposed them. Having frantically searched the galaxy for the stolen Metroids, the Galactic Federation found the space pirates' base on the planet known as Zebus. Launching their assault on the pirates, the Federation soldiers had to retreat due to being overpowered and overwhelmed. The heads of the Federation had determined that a more unconventional method was needed to stop the space pirates and destroy the Metroids. They organized a message to the bounty hunter known as the greatest of them all, Samus Aran. In the darkness of space, they enjoyed it that way. Trusting others was hard, and Samus knew that they could only trust themselves. A message came across the gunship's dash from the Galactic Federal Police. Samus smirked as they opened the message. It read, Emergency Order. Defeat the Metroid on the planet Zebus. Samus looked at the payment the Federation offered for completing the mission. The numerous digits made the decision easy, as Samus punched in the coordinates for the planet Zebus into the gunship's navigation system. After a relatively short trip, 
Samus's gunship arrived and flew into the atmosphere of Zebus. It quickly went down and silently landed. Samus put on their signature armor, known as a power suit. The power suit was built to protect Samus from whatever dangers came across their way as a bounty hunter. It was capable of adapting to any situation Samus may come across in their path. The power suit was capable of collecting data and adapting weaponry to itself to use Samus's convenience. Being able to survive underwater and in outer space, as well as resist most airborne toxins, Samus could count on the protection of the power suit. On the suit's right arm was a standard power beam that shot powerful energy blasts. The suit had been given to Samus by their adopted parents, and its importance was significant for many reasons. Being prepared, Samus exited their gunship through the top hatch. The surface of Zebus was barren and desolate, as Samus traveled into a nearby tunnel that took them under the surface of the planet. Under Zebus was filled with caverns and passageways the space pirates likely used to build their base. Samus began to travel through the tunnels as various hostile creatures scurried around. Zoomers, small spiked monsters that scurried on the ground, and scree, winged organisms perched on the tunnel's ceiling, attacked Samus and the bounty hunter dodged and blasted them down. <coughs> Moving through a passageway, Samus continued to fight against the monsters inhabiting the inside of Zebus. As Samus continued to move deeper inside the planet, they collected upgrades to their power suit in the form of missiles. As Samus found an elevator, they stepped onto it and continued down further. The elevator stopped as Samus continued to move through the space pirate's base, fighting off more monsters as they made it to the lair of Kraid. Kraid was another space pirate, though it was unknown how important their role was to the group. Samus entered the space pirate's lair to find the massive reptile looking down at Samus. Samus quickly fired at the monster as it flung spikes resting on its back at the bounty hunter. Part of Samus's power suit function was a morph ball. It was a function that allowed Samus to shift their body into that of a small ball to get into small places. It also allowed for easy evasion of, of projectiles. As the spikes flew at Samus, they shifted into a morph ball to dodge them. In the morph ball form, Samus rolled around on the ground around the legs of Kraid and left small bombs around him. The bombs exploded, knocking Kraid down onto its massive knees as Samus shifted out of the morph ball mode and fired missiles at it. With enough missiles, Kraid laid motionless and defeated on the ground. Samus backtracked to the other side of the space pirate base and took a new elevator down. The cavern walls of the planet started to become layered with metal. Samus could tell that this was a sign they were getting closer to the center of the space pirate base. Monsters continued to litter the metal structures as they emerged from metal pipes and attacked Samus. Samus's upgraded arm cannon and power suit allowed them to continue to dispatch the monsters trying to kill them. As Samus entered into a new room of the base, it was different than the others they had been in before. Magma boiled below a floating platform in the room. On that floating platform was a massive flying reptile creature. Its bright red eyes and spiked tail were key signs at who Samus was looking at. It was no mindless creature. In the list of deadly space pirates, this creature is one of the most important figures of the group. It was known as Ridley, a cognizant being known for his destructive nature as a high-ranking member of the space pirates. Ridley was an original life form from the planet Zebus, and Samus knew him very well due to their past history. Samus's heart ached as they remembered what Ridley and the space pirates did to their space colony as a child. 
the massacre and destruction that led to their parents' death. Ridley had caused it, and would be happy to do it all over again if he could. Samus put their hand on their arm cannon and set it to a missile function. The cannon shifted as a missile loaded into the chamber, ready to fire. Ridley smiled at Samus as he prepared for the coming fight. Samus jumped onto the floating platform and began to fire at Ridley. No talking was necessary, as it would get them nowhere. Samus had the chance for revenge, and they were going to take it. Ridley flew through the air, raining fire from its mouth at Samus. The bounty hunter dodged the fire as they fired missiles back at Ridley. The speed and lightweight protection of the power suit allowed Samus to easily dodge Ridley's fire and spiked tail. Wounds began to gather on Ridley's flesh as his wings became heavy and weak. He fell to the floating platform as he looked up at Samus. Ridley tried to speak as Samus aimed their arm cannon at his head and fired, seemingly ending the space pirate's life. Okay, so it's been hard to do a quick discussion because the script is so short, but this is a good time to stop. So Ryan, so far, what do you think of the story? that we're, like, So Samus has killed Kraid and Ridley so far. Kraid, not sure where they're at in the space pirate organization, but Ridley is one of, if not the top person for the space pirates. So, so far, what do you think? Uh, so far, it's really interesting. I mean, I like the idea of a story where you have a character who, we don't know a ton about them. Um, they're just kind of thrown in and um, they're a bounty hunter, which again is a, a, a really good character um, for a story because they're, they don't really have to worry about following the rules. They don't really have to worry about a lot of things. So this character is just going in and they did a really good job, or you, I guess, did a really good job of setting up like Samus is this really important, powerful, and dangerous bounty hunter who's coming to do this really important job for for the world and just really quickly takes out these really powerful space pirates, just showing how, how powerful they are. Um, which is it's really interesting, and I think it's setting up like Samus as a, a, a capable and strong character. Uh, their power suit is really cool, how it's able to adapt and change. Um, it seems to be a really great feature of the character. Um, I like the kind of idea that there is more story here. I understand that in the original game it, there wasn't, but I like the idea that like Ridley did something to Samus, and now they are coming to get revenge while also completing their job. I think that makes some really interesting. Um, it's kind of interesting. I'm curious to see where it all goes and um, how this mission they're on is going to because obviously we're aware that there are multiple metroid games and what where's how is this going to lead to more and also what is uh, the ramifications of this original story right right it's interesting because so for anyone who you know without giving too many things away you know we may or may not see some of these characters return in future games so i, th- I think it was really important right the script to make sure that you know, it, it's a lot of times in these old NES games, enemies would like explode and just be totally gone, and you know, like so. It, but then seeing them later, maybe made no sense. So, you know, trying to be conscious of like you know the fact that previous characters might return in the future in some capacity, shape, or form. Um, so that has to be kind of reflected accurately in the in the story. Um, but Thomas is just a very cool character, and I think that it's really cool that they're, they're classified as the most dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy, which is significant. And cool, and you can tell that Samus has still had to even get the suit. It's never really explored in the in the original game. There's no, there's really no dialogue except for the opening message that we read, and there might be one at the very end. Um, but that's it. So, and then everything else you get is context through the game manual. So, 
overall really cool. I wish they had I wish they'd been able to expound more on these relationships. Like we don't know that Ridley and Samus have a past history, but you do kind of learn that through other means that maybe aren't presented in the story so well in the actual video game story. Um, but are very important because it's just one thing for Samus to kill Ridley and, and think nothing of it. And then it comes out later on that Ridley had killed their parents. Like, well then why was it never referenced in the beginning when they had met originally? So yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but the point is that very cool story, just, you know, yeah. good game and it's hard to give context in that situation. I, I like the added context. It, it certainly makes these, the, the story and the experience more meaningful to have that context that so we don't have to go and search through. You've done this for us, right? We don't have to go through and read through the manual and do a bunch of research and it's already here for us in context of the game, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately I couldn't add more enemies into it because it just, it kind of would get repetitive. So it's just because it is an older game and a lot of the gameplay is very repetitive. It's only about an hour and a half long of a game for those who are really good at it for some other you know it's a really hard game you don't know what you're doing so and you know so this person who i watched knew exactly where to go how to beat the game did it very easily where it is it's a very hard game typically um but even so it just i wouldn't really have added a whole lot so except for these mini bosses and then the end boss so but yeah so that will keep going we're almost to the end of the story with both powerful space pirates now incapacitated Samus went back up through the space pirate base to the last location they hadn't explored yet. Now equipped with a wave beam, ice beam, high jump boots, and other useful equipment, Samus was ready to fight the last high-level pirate. Upon entering, Samus came across a room, missing a bridge to the next door on the other wall. Two statues stood near Samus, one depicting Kraid and the other depicting Ridley. Samus scoffed as they shot at both statues which raised up and activated a bridge to the next door. Samus traveled to the door and down another elevator. Having continued further down into the base, Samus was suddenly attacked by three Metroids looking to steal their life force. Samus fired at the Metroids and dodged their spiked teeth as they tried to latch onto the bounty hunter. Samus ran into a nearby room that stored the very thing they sought after the most, the space pirate's prized mother brain. It was a literal massive brain stored in a glass case. It was cognizant, having been created by a highly intelligent race. The same race that raised Samus after the death of their parents. Samus wasted no time as they quickly fired upon the mother brain. The mother brain fired energy blasts as the power blast from Samus's arm cannon laid it to waste. With it now dead, Samus jumped into the broken tank that once held the mother brain and set the bomb to destroy the space pirate base. A 999 second timer was set as Samus began to run to the entrance of the base. It was a straight shot up as Samus carefully climbed up the small platforms to the waiting elevator at the top. The time continued to tick down as Samus could not miss one step or they would likely perish with the base. As they jumped and reached out with their hand, Samus grabbed the edge of the elevator and lifted themselves up onto it. The elevator took Samus to the surface of the planet Zebus as they ran back to their ship and took off. Samus's gunship flew from Zebus's atmosphere as the space pirate base exploded from the bomb that was left behind. Samus leaned forward and sent an encrypted message to the Galactic Federal Police about their success and a message was quickly sent back. It read, Great, you fulfilled your mission. It will revive peace in space but it may be invaded by the other Metroid. Pray for a true peace in space. Samus smiled 
They knew having peace and space was short-lived. Samus removed their helmet to reveal long, blonde hair as a smile formed on her face. She had successfully completed her mission with some added revenge to boot. She thought of her parents and the life she had lost to the space pirates so long ago. Samus took a deep breath and leaned back in her seat as her gunship continued off into the vastness of space. The end. So, Samus is a girl. Oh my god, who saw that coming? That's crazy, mind blown. <laughs> well. <laughs> but yeah, super, super, super short story. Um, but that's, that was it. So yeah, Samus goes through the base, kills Kraid, kills Ridley, collects some really cool, useful material useful equipment and then kills the mother brain um sets the timer gets out of there at the very end of the game you see samus standing on the planet not in their spaceship as they get men there's actually multiple endings to this game depending on how fast you get out of the base at the very end oh interesting yeah so sometimes if you didn't get out very fast you would see samus and just in their suit in their power suit and they wave at you and it's all over um but if you were able to escape with enough time, the suit is revealed to find a bikini-wearing, scantily-clad Samus. <laughs> um, and this is only in the American version, supposedly. This did not happen in the... You see Samus as a female, but it's more she's more dressed than in the American version, because America sucks. <laughs> or I shouldn't say America sucks. America doesn't suck. But man, we were perverted. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see, you see a more scantily-clad, bikini-wearing Samus wave back at the person playing the game on the planet Zebus as it's about to explode. Makes no sense. That's why I put it as the script as Samus. You know, Samus is a professional. The, the, all, the best bounty hunter around, they would never just take their suit off on the planet of Zebus as it's going to explode any second. So, yeah. Interesting yeah. idea. Uh, but very cool how they, you know, the whole, the, the promotional stuff for this game depicts a guy in the suit. You know, it's all, like, in the booklet we read, um, they refer to Samus as he, and you know he's he him pronouns. Uh, so you know I think at the end to reveal it's this female that the, the whole time is so cool. Um, though I think I'm glad they just continue to, you know, not try to you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I was gonna say it's like pretend that Samus is a guy, but I'm just glad that yeah. they 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 leaned I, into it. Yeah, yeah, they leaned into it. But I wish they I almost wish they just done it to begin with. You know, it was like, right. yeah, it was, it was like fulfilling a stereotype to use as a way to twist and surprise you, which is like, I mean, I'm glad they did it in general to meet Thomas, you know, female, but I wish they had just done it to begin with. Thomas is a female yeah. and the, the best bounty hunter around, it'd be so much cooler. So I'm very curious what the decision was for that. But overall, Ryan, what do you think of the game and the story? I think it's interesting. I think it's like a nice origin of, it feels like a really short, here is um, Samus, here is what they do, here is them just kind of going on a mission that, like, as an as an outsider seems like a pretty non-important mission. They go and destroy a base. Obviously, we understand this was incredibly important to contain whatever this was, um, but it seemed to be just kind of a, the Federation is sending you on a mission, good job, you've killed all the pirates, now you can go off and and do some other stuff, but it is a really good setup and lets us get to know this character in, in kind of an interesting way and get a taste of this world. There's some really cool world building happening with talking about the Galactic Federation, who sends bounty hunters to deal with things they don't want to deal with or can, and that space pirates are a really big part of this world and they're a really big, kind of almost like the big villains other than these, um, you know what I mean, these, these 
progenitor aliens who I guess we run into sometimes who give Samus more power. So yeah. there's a lot of cool world building happening in this in this first story. Um, but as far as the context of the story, it's it's really kind of a it seems like a a, a difficult and wild mission. But Sam it doesn't seem to slow Samus down much. Yeah. I think I think the story overall is very it's very simple, right? There's definitely not as much context thrown in as and as, as we put into the script here. Um, that was kind of needed to make it interesting, or also kind of yeah. a very boring script. Um, yeah. But I think overall, Samus is a really cool character, and I hope I hope I did it justice to do the reveal for Samus being a female and not like making it a big deal because I don't think it's a big deal that Samus is a female. No. That is the best bounty hunter. I think it's I think it's awesome. I don't think it needs to be a big deal. Um, that's why I wanted to be very big with it and just say that, you know, her hair kind of came out of her helmet and she was happy that her mission was over and that she succeeded and, and it's, you know, and that was it. Not a huge deal. Um, so hopefully that was good. In the game also, she has long brown hair, um, but after that was depicted with long blonde hair. So I kind of was just kind of keeping the blonde going. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they realized they wanted to do that or whatever. I don't know why they had brown hair. It's a, the, the inspiration, like we had said, it was Kim Basinger from a something called nine and a half weeks an erotic movie or something i don't know uh, which is weird that they admitted that they watched and inspired from but whatever and she has long she has like kind of wavy blonde hair so it's uh, i'm very curious why they, they picked brown but whatever or yeah made her burn out but whatever so but overall i think i think as we you know telling the story is very important for future metroid games we can't just jump into like super metroid 3 that i think has more context to it as a story um without starting from the beginning and yes the beginning is very short <laughs> but i think overall um it's a good start and we'll get more fun metroid stories out of it because we started from the beginning so yeah yeah and i think retelling it this way makes it easier to tell those later stories because then the things we'll talk about then will have more context because when they talk about ridley and these other characters we'll hear in this story we've talked about that and why that was important so i think that's it's useful to do yeah but hopefully, Story Gores, you enjoyed the story of Metroid as well. Um, this was a, definitely a shorter episode than usual, so if you don't mind that, um, yeah. we'd always be happy to hear your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives on the story of Metroid. Do we do it justice? Do we forget something that you think is important? Let us know. Uh, Tales from the Cartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also Instagram us, DM us on Twitter. Comment on our posts. Let us know what you think, and we'll happily send you a Tales from the Cartridge sticker. So... Uh, but yeah, so it's a good day. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with another episode. And until then, Story Girls, we hope that you're happy and healthy, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye! Bye. Speaking of Alien, though, Alien was also something that inspired Metroid, uh, which is really cool. Both had female leads. Spoilers! Uh, trying to kill an alien race. Uh, which is cool, yeah. And then uh, Samus' appearance is supposed to look a lot like uh, the revealed appearance at the end, which I just spoiled, so maybe I'll reveal that, or maybe I'll edit that out. Uh, looks like Kim Basinger, uh, who, the co-creator of Metroid, Yoshiro Sakamoto, watched in an erotic drama nine, uh, called Nine and a Half Weeks. So, interesting. You can look, th- Google that up. Google that up? Is that what this? I'm so tired. I never. We should not record this. <laughs> That's my bad. Uh, yeah.